So here's the deal when it comes to college football. I'm just going to give you a three-word quote from a friend of ours. A logistical mess, even though there'll probably be some type of season. Who said that? Our friend Pete Futek does a great job from collegefootballnews.com. He joins in Freddie Fitzsimmons. Thanks to the show, Pencil Performance Line. Pete, you came up with that term earlier today. I saw it on your Twitter handle, Pete Futak, about a logistical mess, but there will probably be some type of season. What leads you to believe that? What's going on, guys? Anything interesting happening in the world? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't – how are those NBA playoffs going? How, how are the NHL playoffs going? How uh, That Major League Baseball weekend was a killer. Like, nothing's happening yet. And I know that baseball is an own goal right now in terms of whiffing on that. And NBA is eventually going to happen. And NHL, it might be happening and no one would notice or care anyway. Uh, but there's so many logistical problems for college football. Now, the NFL, you've got players associations. You've got grown men making a lot of money who can kind of figure it out and players who have a voice, kind of hard when you don't have a college players association and you're trying to figure out, well, we want, to, we want these guys to be uh, just regular college students along with being football players, which is a problem because 10 minutes after college is open, two house parties later, it's going to be a shutdown. <laughs> so it's, this is going to be, if you really want to have college football, you just you got to go the NBA route to the nth degree and just say, okay, guys, for four months, we're going to lock you down in a athletic dorm, including the coaches. It's all about just hanging out and you know doing what you're going to do remotely, and you're going to play college football, and that's going to be your life. You're not going to see anybody else because other than that, what do you do if it's Alabama, Georgia, and the night before the game, you know, three members of the Georgia secondary test positive? You know, do you forfeit? Do you, do you contact trace to the teams they played before? Like, how do you do this? Well, where's that bubble in Toledo for the MAC? Do you, I didn't know there was wow. one, Pete. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, the, the MAC, exactly. Very nice. And, well, that's you know what? The, that's going to be the interesting part. There's part of me that would like to kind of see how this is going to go on a conference by conference basis because you don't even you know you have the NCAA but you don't have a Roger Goodell. So it, you, you have a Greg Sankey, you know, you have other conference commissioners, and it, this might really end up going along lines of which conferences have which political leanings in those states. So the SEC and Big 12 might look extremely different compared to the Pac-12 and the Big 10. So and that's, and part of that might mean that if it gets floated out there that the Pac-12 says, you know what, we don't want to deal with anybody else. We're just going to have a loving game, all Pac-12 season, which I think would be awesome. But the Toledos of the world would get knocked out. I mean, you get the, this would be crushing for the group of five programs. And I see that as a potential possibility that the conferences just say, okay, for this year, we're just going to close ranks and say we're only playing conference games. Great stuff by Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com with Freddie Coleman and Jonathan Hood and Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. The one thing you also put out on your Twitter handle, that if any coach could have a bubble environment and separate his kids from everybody else, plenty of coaches would sign up for that. Now, we know that's practically impossible, but why, if that actually happened, would that be a great thing for coaches in college football? If you were to put every, if you were to interview any, all 130 FBS head coaches right now and say, you have to, you can coach, you can have a season, but you can't see your family for four months, you can't see your other friends for four months, 
Uh, but you have to be locked down with all your coaches in a athletic dorm, uh, quarantined with your players who can't do anything else. And all you're going to do for the next four months is work and concentrate on college football. All 130 would say, oh, that would be awful. I, don't want, I can't miss my wife and kids. And then you'd hook them up to a lie detector test. And they'd all be, eh, eh, eh. That, that's their dream. That's what you want to do. That's what they, these guys, when the season happens, they want zero distractions whatsoever. No matter what they might say, they are all in on college football, football coaches. Football coaches are you know, football coaches all the time anyway. But during the season, nothing else really exists. So if you're promising them that, wait a minute, I can lock down all my players to make sure they don't get in any trouble. I know where they are. They're right here. We can keep an eye on them. They're doing their schoolwork. They're doing their studying. They're doing their uh, film prep, all that other stuff. They would take it in a heartbeat. Pete, as we know, for college football coaches, they love power. They love to be the voice of the team. So during this um, time of diversity, during these times where black athletes like Hubbard from Oklahoma State are speaking up, could this be a factor with some programs where more players are more vocal? Because you usually don't get that on the college football level as much. How about never? I mean, how about this is a first? I mean, this is, True. It, it's not, nece- of course, the, uh, the racial component here is taking this to another level, but it, it's just a, also a player-coach dynamic where no player has ever had any power over a head coach unless it is a you know superstar or heisman caliber you know quarterback type quarterback you just you just don't have that so for now it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to work going forward because you've got a whole group of kids who have grown up using social media we do we have a thought hey i've got to share this thought with the world and what do you do you instantly go to social media well, now, if you're used to doing that, if you're an 18 to 22-year-old kid and your thought happens to be, you know what, my coach is kind of doing somewhat racist things that I don't like, that's the nuclear button we haven't had before. And that's the that's, we, we saw this at Florida State with Marvin Wilson when, uh, when you had Mike Norvell with his interview that didn't, wasn't quite kosher when, the first time around, but that got, they figured out. And the part of the thing with the social media, too, with the, with the players is, they're going to have to figure out the responsibility aspect of this as well because what happened in the Florida State situation and the, Ohio, and the Oklahoma State situation, even though it was a little bit bizarre, it worked out. But to get there, the guys had to turn to Twitter first and Instagram, and everything sort of blew up from there. So it's, if you're a head coach in college football right now, you had better make sure that you have reached out to every single one of your players and say, look, if you have any problems whatsoever, talk to me. Because if you're a coach, the last thing you want is for a player to go to social media before talking to you. Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com with Freddie Coleman and also Jonathan Hood and Ian Fitzsimmons on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. Speaking of that Oklahoma State situation, when I say Mike Gundy as the head football coach under siege for what Chuba Hubbard pointed out about the shirt OAN, and all of a sudden we found out that Alfred Williams, when he played in Colorado against Mike Gundy when he played for Oklahoma State, said that Mike Gundy threw the N-word at him during the game. What do you say about Mike Gundy and his status at Oklahoma State? Yeah, it, it's a problem. I mean, and I know there's the side that says, well, he's just wearing a T-shirt. Oh, and what you guys are stuff. It's not about he's wearing a T-shirt. It's about what OAN represents 
at the moment, considering that is the anti-Black Lives Matter, matter you know, the denier of the Black Lives Matter movement. And so it's, it's not like if he, if he was wearing a CNN shirt or a Fox shirt or something. All right, you know, of course you can have your political leanings. The problem is the college football head coach in this strange and twisted world is going to be the number one PR guy for just about any school. That's it, you know, like Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. The, the college football head coaches, we all know who Mike Gundy is. We don't know who the college, you know, the, the college president is. And that's just kind of how this sort of PR side of things works. So if the main representative of your university, it's about the, you know, it's about the job more than the man itself. Of course, Mike Gundy can have whatever, you know, beliefs he wants, obviously. But mm-hmm. if you're representing the entire student body and you're representing, you know, the, the people who don't care about football, you're representing the alumni, the professors, and the football team. That's why, you know, you would never have coaches who really step on. I, I point to a few years, four years ago, uh, at Big Ten Media Days, I was doing some TV stuff, and the last uh, question that the producers wanted me to ask every player and coach was, all right, so Trump or Hillary? And a few players would answer, not one of the 14 Big Ten head coaches would touch that question. Because you just you can't. You're representing more than yourself, even though obviously they all have political beliefs. Uh, Pete, I've been, uh, of course, Freddie, you know where I get my college football information, college football news. I steal from Futech all the time. Uh, so I see that you're cranking at the previews already, Pete. So I'll ask you this. On the field, what is your big picture question that you have for the upcoming season? How fast can the big guys reload? Because Georgia's loaded but they got to make sure Jamie Newman is ready at quarterback, uh, and they've got to reload that team up a little bit. Who's the quarterback going to be at Alabama? Who's the quarterback? You know, is, you know, is, is Tyler Schlow going to be the guy at Oregon? You know, where are the? You know, is LSU going to be able to replace all those million starters that they lost? And so you have all this uncertainty in a year with the utmost uncertainty. So how will this year matter with no spring ball? There's probably going to be a bizarre, funky season where I don't think we're going to get all 12 games. We might get, you know, eight or so and a few stops and starts. We're not going to have practice like normal. So if you're like a Mississippi State, for example, and you bring on Mike Leach and you have an offense that depends on timing and precision, you don't even have K.J. Costello, your transfer from uh, Stanford, coming in to take over the quarterback job yet that might take a while but if you're someone like you know a wisconsin who like hey you know what we might need timing but at the end of the day you know handball off let big offensive line hit people that (laughs) those teams are probably going to be a little bit more advanced than this and at the end of the day alabama ohio state georgia you know a lot of the same players uh but if you ever were to see a year where something truly funky could happen, where just someone outside of the Blue Bloods just loaded with veterans, just put something weird together and went on an epic run. This could be a really, really interesting college football playoff race if it's not a normal 12-game season. No doubt about that. Pete, always appreciate you. I'm sure Jonathan can't wait to steal more stuff from your college football news that's website. Man. Always appreciate that's, you. What I, that's what I do this for, so Jay can, can go and just take whatever he has and preach the gospel out to the rest of the world. <laughs> it's true. Appreciate you, Pete. Be well, my friend. Anytime, guys. Have a great one.